This episode was originally part of our Catholic Money Academy exclusive Lenten podcast series last year. We're happy to bring it to everyone today. For more members-only exclusives, join Catholic Money Academy now at WalletWin.com slash academy. That's WalletWin.com slash academy. Welcome to our second episode in this special Lent podcast. Today we are going to be looking at the Catechism of the Catholic Church. There is a section, um, those are all of the Ten Commandments. And today we're going to be looking at some of the section that goes into the Seventh Commandment, which is, of course, you shall not steal. If you'd like to follow along with your catechism, you can look it up online or grab a book if you've got one. We're going to be starting at paragraph 2401. So 2401. And uh, here we go. So I'll read through some of it, then um, ask a couple reflection questions, give you some time to think about that, and then we will uh, go on again. So... Let's go. Here we are. The seventh commandment, you shall not steal. The seventh commandment forbids unjustly taking or keeping the goods of one's neighbor and wronging him in any way with respect to his goods. It commands justice and charity in the care of earthly goods and the fruits of men's labor. For the sake of the common good, it requires respect for the universal destination of goods and respect for the right to private property. Christian life strives to order this world's goods to God and to fraternal charity. Section 1. The Universal Destination and the Private Ownership of Goods In the beginning, God entrusted the earth and its resources to the common stewardship of mankind to take care of them, master them by labor, and enjoy their fruits. The goods of creation are destined for the whole human race. However, the earth is divided up among men to assure the security of their lives, endangered by poverty and threatened by violence. The appropriation of property is legitimate for guaranteeing the freedom and dignity of persons and for helping each of them to meet his basic needs and the needs of those in his charge. It should allow for a natural solidarity to develop between men. The right to private property, acquired by work or received from others by inheritance or gift, does not do away with the original gift of the earth to the whole of mankind. The universal destination of goods remains primordial, even if the promotion of common good requires respect for the right to private property and its exercise. In his use of things, man should regard the external goods he legitimately owns not merely as exclusive to himself, but common to others also, in the sense that they can benefit others as well as himself. The ownership of any property makes its holder 
a steward of providence with the task of making it fruitful and communicating its benefits to others. First of all, his family. Goods of production, material or immaterial, such as land, factories, practical or artistic skills, oblige their possessors to employ them in ways that will benefit the greatest number. Those who hold goods for consumption should use them with moderation, reserving the better part for guests, for the sick, and the poor. Political authority has the right and duty to regulate the legitimate exercise of the right to ownership for the sake of the common good. We'll stop there and look back at a couple of the things that we just read, and that was paragraphs 2401 through 2406. I want to think about this. It says, um, right, all, all things were given to all of mankind. And this balance between the universal destination of goods and the private ownership of goods should allow for a natural solidarity to develop between men. That in having things, in me having some things and you having other ones, it should bring us together. It should be an opportunity for us to work together, to help one another out. That instead of seeing maybe you have more tools than I do, oh, I could be jealous of that. I could resent you for that. Or we could work together and you use some of the tools that I have that you don't. And then you let me use some of the ones that you have and I don't. That us each having certain things should bring us together to help one another, should develop a natural solidarity between us. Take a moment and really examine the way you have felt, your thoughts, your actions even, towards others, whether they are close to you or strangers. the way you possessed your goods lead to a natural solidarity between you and them? Perhaps where did it turn into an animosity, a competition? And what could you do now to change that, to turn it around to the way it's supposed to be? I think it's interesting that in 2404, it starts off by saying, In his use of things, man should regard the external goods he legitimately owns, not merely as exclusive to himself, but common to others also, in the sense that they can benefit others as well as himself. The way we use things should benefit others as well as ourselves. Some of these things, maybe it's a little harder to figure that out, but even like the silverware in my kitchen, 
It certainly serves me when I use it, but I make it available to guests when they come over. And it does good things for them. I make use of my shower, my deodorant, so that there's a benefit of me not stinking when I'm with others. Everything we have, right? Our ownership of any property makes us a steward of providence with the task of making it fruitful and communicating its benefits to others. First of all, our families. We are a steward of providence, a steward of the gift of God. And we have a twofold task. First, to make it fruitful. The things we have should, should create, should be fruitful, right? We think about in Genesis, when God tells Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, certainly we think of, of being fruitful and multiplying the number of humans on the earth. But the call is deeper than that. We are called to be fruitful in all things. So say, I don't know, um, my, my smartphone, I have the camera and all that. A way to be fruitful with that would be maybe make some videos and use those to help educate my kids or to, to make happy memories with them or even to make videos to communicate good things to others through, say, YouTube or something. If we have um, skills, it's the same thing too. So we need to be fruitful and communicate the benefits of that thing and its fruitfulness to others, certainly our families, but to others as well. And it's not just things, it's also skills. Remember, it says in the next one, goods of production, material or immaterial, like land, factories, skills, practical skills, being able to build stuff or being able to figure out how to fix this thing on the computer how to hook up electronics, whatever it might be, and artistic skills, painting, singing, playing an instrument. Having those things oblige their possessors to employ them in ways that will benefit the greatest number. It is a requirement. It is an obligation, a responsibility to use the things we have and the skills we have so that it benefits the greatest number. If I'm an incredible cellist, but all I do is sit in my house and play for me and the cat, I'm wasting it and I'm not living up to the obligation the Lord has placed on me to use that skill to benefit the greatest number. I could at least open the window. I could, I could go on the the front porch. I could play at mass. I could play a concert for someone. We must use our goods, our skills, everything that we have to benefit the greatest number. Let's pause for a moment. Think about some of the things that you have, the goods you have. Material goods, 
and immaterial goods. Land, factories, practical or artistic skills that you have. How might the Lord be asking you to use them in ways that will benefit the greatest number of people? How have you been using them? And how many has it been has it been benefiting? How might you change the way you use those goods to benefit more? Is it simply adding on a different way of using it? And in order to do that, Will you have to stop using it a certain way to free up time or space, opportunity, availability to serve others with it? Think of just one good and how you might renew your use of it so that it can benefit more. And how might you do that this week to take the first step towards that? Now, this paragraph continues even. It says those, so this is, this is um, goods of production, things that make things. But what about goods for use and consumption? The food in our pantry the money in our bank accounts. Those who hold goods for use and consumption should use them with moderation, reserving the better part for guests, for the sick and the poor. When I, when I read this, I think about um, Little House on the Prairie. We read those with our girls recently, and they had two types of sugar. So these are these are books from the like frontier time in America. And they had two types of sugar. They had like the regular sugar, the unrefined. It was more brown, maybe from maple or something. They got, they made it themselves. That was the everyday sugar, and they still used it not that often. Then there was the white sugar that they bought at the store. And they only brought it out when they had guests. A sign to the guest that they're special. And maybe it tasted better, or maybe it dissolved better, or whatever it might be. They reserved the better part for guests. When I'm slicing up, you know, steaks or something, who am I giving that prime cut to? Am I holding it back for me? Or am I serving it up to someone else? If it's a guest, if I have guests over, I hope I want to give it to them. If not, maybe I give it to my wife. Maybe to the kids. Even though part of me says they're not going to appreciate it. So I better keep it for me. What do we have? What do we hold back 
even in our house, you know, we have um, a couple Gatorades stocked up in the pantry. And from time to time, the kids will say, hey, can I drink that? We say, no, we're keeping that for whoever gets sick next. Because it's an easy way to drink and have some calories and blah, blah, blah. So we're reserving that for the sick. So often I find myself, you know, I, 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 we, I do things to give to the poor. You know, I'll, uh, we'll have some stuff in the car we can give people when we, when we see them. But are those things the best things? Is it the leftovers? When we have the, the food drive up at church, is it an opportunity for me to clean out my pantry of the things I didn't want to eat? Or is it an opportunity to share the best stuff, my favorites? Hey, ooh, I love these. You should try these. You're going to love it. Or if it's clothing, right? When we give to, are we treating, you know, the, the goodwill or the Salvation Army or whatever, you know, clothing donation kind of a thing? Is that just a way to clean out our closets? Or might we, from time to time, give something that we, we like? Or go buy things to donate to others instead of just giving them what we're done with? So how have you used your goods of use for use and consumption? Would you characterize your use of them as moderation? Do you reserve the better part? Do you reserve any part for guests, the sick or the poor? And is that part the better part? How might we approach the use of our goods with more moderation? And how might you reserve the better part for another? Think of one good of use or consumption that you have. And I want you to think of one way you can moderate your use of it this week. And one way you can reserve the better part for another. We'll keep going into, this is a, a second part of it, of this opening part of Article 7 here of the Seventh Commandment. I'm going to skip down a paragraph or two. Remember, we are. This is all gener. This is all organized under "You shall not steal." Twenty-four oh nine. Even if it does not contradict the provisions of civil law, any form of unjustly taking and keeping the property of others is against the seventh commandment. Thus. Deliberate retention of goods lent or of objects lost 
business fraud, paying unjust wages, forcing up prices by taking advantage of the ignorance or hardship of another. Those are all against the commandment. It continues. The following are also morally illicit. Speculation in which one contrives to manipulate the price of goods artificially in order to gain an advantage to the detriment of others. Corruption in which one influences the judgment of those who must make decisions according to law. Appropriation and use for private purposes of the common goods of an enterprise. Work poorly done. Tax evasion. Forgery of checks and invoices. Excessive expenses and waste. Willfully damaging private or public property is contrary to the moral law and requires reparation. I just want to go through these lists. Because again, like it says, civil law, those, that's a, those are usually good guiding principles for us. But even if something is allowed under civil law, we are bound by a higher law. So whether it's legal or not, it doesn't matter. Let's look at these again. The deliberate retention of goods lent or of objects lost. My buddies let me borrow something and just keep it and keep it and keep it and keep it. It's almost as good as stealing. I've heard it. I've heard it somewhere. It's like, um, you would borrow something once. That's cool. You borrow it again. Okay. If you need to borrow it a third time, maybe that's when you need to buy one yourself. Maybe that's when you need it. And that's on certain things, especially ones if, if you can afford it. But objects, goods lent or objects lost. We should try our best to find the owner of things lost. Certainly no business fraud or paying unjust wages. There's the one in the next list of work poorly done. And these are two sides of that relationship. Of paying unjust wages. Whether I mean, if we are an employer, certainly. If we have a neighborhood kid mow the lawn, if we hire a babysitter, are we paying a just wage? And those who work, are we working hard? Or are we doing work poorly done? Forcing up prices by taking advantage of the ignorance or hardship of another. Overcharging because we could, whether it's in a business or on Facebook Marketplace at a yard sale. Also morally illicit, it says, you know, speculation to kind of up the, the good of things, right? If I'm going to buy up all the... We saw this maybe a few years ago, buying up all the toilet paper and then trying to make a buck off of that. Corruption, trying to influence those who need to just make just decisions. 
Appropriation and use for private purposes the common goods of an enterprise. Using up the stuff at work for your own good. Especially if it's not been told you can do that. Tax evasion, forging checks and all of that. Excessive expenses and waste. Are we paying too much for things? Are we buying too many things? Are we just running up the bill? If you have an expense account at work or you're traveling for work and your meals will be reimbursed, do you order like you would normally when you are paying for it? Or are you up in it? You're getting the most expensive dinner. You're getting the appetizer and the drink. In our time as missionaries with focus, a very high up executive ordered very simply. And he said, you know, we, we, we fundraise, we ask, you know, John and Joan Smith to donate. And I'm, I'm eating this meal because of their money. So I want to order like they would. Are we entering into that sort of a situation with justice? We're using it as an opportunity to get a little bit more for ourselves. And I'd say even in our own personal use, we running up expenses and then also running up waste, we buying too many clothes and then throwing them away. Or we buying too much food and it goes rotten before we can eat it. I encourage you to take another look at yourself in the mirror here. To hold yourself to that high standard. Where are those ways where a thieving heart has found its way in us? And how might we push that out of ourselves? One of the best ways to eliminate a vice is to pick up its opposing virtue, which would be generosity and justice. How might we be more just in our dealings, in our use of things? How might we even be generous in how we use them and how we relate to others? I encourage you to go back to read through this again on your own. If you've got a catechism at home, crack that thing open. If not, just search Catechism of the Catholic Church online. You'll find a number of different sites that have it. The Vatican one, it's the one I was using. Um, also maybe kind of hard to read. It's a little bit 1999 web design style, but the content there is really good. I actually would copy and paste it into just a, a uh, word processing doc just so I could read it easily on a white background. However you read it, I encourage you to do so. The whole section on the seventh commandment is really incredible. We just touched the surface today. Uh, 
what is it? 10 paragraphs we looked at. And, and to say this again, uh, there's one more thing I forgot. So it talks about tax evasion. And one I actually, I forgot to read earlier, 2406 says political authority has the right and duty to regulate the legitimate exercise of the right to ownership for the sake of the common good. There is a call on us to respect legitimate authority and the legitimate exercise of that authority. And so, yes, be clever in the way you do your dealings to have more money available for you and those in your charge to pay less tax. Certainly that's fine, but don't hide it. Don't do it dishonestly. Don't evade the taxes play within the rules, play the game, the way the rules have been set up as best you can, but let's do it fairly and above board. So check this out. It starts at uh, 2,400, 2,400 or 2,401. Open up the catechism. Look that up. I really encourage you to go through this. It's, um, I think, a very interesting, very wonderful. Uh, whole, the whole section gets really good. Uh, so check that out this week. But please, as you go through this, again, looking at the way you use your, your goods, the way you use your goods of, of production, the way you use your goods of use and consumption, Figure out ways that you can just tweak that a little bit and fall more into the way we're called to do this. It'll take some time to be part. I mean, the whole life is a, is a process of perfection, but what steps can we take this week? God bless you and have a very, very good life. Thanks for joining us today. You can learn more about this show and the Wallowin program at wallowin.com. Music in this episode is from Dylan Gardner. Listen to his new album, Almost Real, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your music. See you next week. This podcast is part of the Spoke Street Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.